We always start something with the idea of seeing it all the way through. We always have the best intentions, but we never understand the things that can happen along the way and how that can take us off course. We always start a diet excited to start it. We always start a new book knowing that we're going to finish it. However, that's not always true. What does it take to stick with something? What does it take to have longevity? Today, we're going to discuss about what it takes to stay on the mats. Understanding that the circumstances around you will change, that the circumstances within you will change. Mentally, physically, emotionally, everything around you is going to change, but one thing has to remain consistent. Your effort and your work towards the goal. I truly believe the two most important attributes in accomplishing anything are focus and discipline. Understand what your goal is, what is your task, what are you trying to accomplish, and hone in on it. Nothing can take your vision off of that. And then the discipline to stick with it when it gets hard. The discipline to continue moving forward when everything around you is telling you to stop, be done. This is episode five of Tapping In, and we're going to talk about what it takes to stick with something. We're going to talk about longevity, not just on the mats, but longevity towards a dream. About going from white belt to black belt and beyond. From going from the starting point to accomplishing your goal and realizing there is more to this mountain. I can go higher. This is episode five of Tapping In. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. We are here for episode five. Yep. Episode five, tapping in with Professor Miguel. I think we're just warming up to this, aren't we? I think we're pretty warm right now, man. We got our, we're in our mid-season form. Can we just keep going? That's the thing. thing. Can we keep going? Are we the Giants in preseason or are we the Giants like revving it up for the playoffs or where? We're about to find out. (laughs) We're about to find out, Roy. Don't get me all fired up. I'm I'm actually taking Benny to go see the Giants-Patriots game Uh and he's so excited. I'm like, bud, where are we going? No, stop it, Roy. He's like, we're going to go see the Giants. I'm like, and what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to see Daniel Jones, have popcorn, have a lemonade, oh, have a hot dog. I think he's more excited about like the popcorn oh, and lemonade. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but he's excited. But yeah, we're finding like our midseason form. We're starting to get our flow. Yep, yep, and yep. now, you know, all right. So again, I'm Professor Miguel with me as always. Purple Belt Roy. Purple Belt Roy. The, the star of the show, really. Is that it? Uh, I hear about you all the time. Oh, people, you know what people say about me? They're like, oh, bro, you sound great. You sound yeah. great. Roy has a great voice. <laughs> what a wonderful voice. I'm like, yeah. But, uh, you know, we're talking about how, how we're going to keep doing this podcast because the first couple weeks are easy. Right. Right. You mm-hmm. got a couple topics that are going. But it's like, well, all right, well, now what are we going to talk about? How are we going to figure this out? Exactly. Exactly. But that's the beautiful thing. That's kind of what we're going to talk about tonight, Roy, which is. We're going to a little bit veer off of jujitsu, but it, it is very relevant. Mm-hmm. But we're mm-hmm. going to talk about how do you find a way to keep doing something? Yeah. Yep. How do you stay in it? Specific to jujitsu, but also it, it applies to everything and everything you do in life. Absolutely. Everything we do in life. It's so true. When I was thinking about this, and you said this is what you want to discuss tonight, I, you know, I started uh, mapping out different questions and, and thinking of how we're going to do this. But the first thing that came to my mind is that this is not a like a BJJ for dummies kind of topic sort of thing. Do step one, step two, step three, step five. This is more of a philosophical kind of thing. And I hope people really, really like that kind of thing. You know, there'll be some hacks for BJJ that I'm sure you're going to throw in there. But, uh, you know, we're going to go a little bit deeper into the whole uh, mental aspect of this. Well, because here's the thing, like 
when I when I teach the kids class, for example, I always teach mm-hmm. like, what two things do we work on? And yeah. they all go, focus and discipline. That's really what it takes to stick to anything. All right. Yeah. Especially like we're going to be talking about jujitsu, but you need to have your goal. What are you trying to get? What is your your main objective? Right. And that's where your focus has to go. Mm. That's where your vision has to like that's your tunnel vision. But then it's the other aspect. Do you have the discipline to stay yeah. the course? Because it's not always going to be enjoyable. Yeah. It's not always going to be rewarding. Yeah. It's definitely not always going to be easy. But do you have enough focus to remember why you're doing this? And then have the discipline to keep doing it. It's such a broad topic. I mean, like like you said, you could talk about it in terms of your job. You can talk about it in terms of your schooling. You could talk about it in terms of your, your marriage. You could talk about it in terms of yeah. anything. It, it's just, I, I always think of the uh, the Chris Rock line where he said, life is not short. Life is fucking long. long. <laughs> this long. is a marathon. <laughs> it really is. And and the thing is, it's it's going to consistently, constantly change. Mm-hmm. That's that's at the least one thing. It, at least it should change. You should create those little things in your life because otherwise it's a bore. You know that's true. I mean, what are you going to do? Just stare at your phone all damn day long? And oh, like, that's more than enough for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, no doubt. More than more than enough. <laughs> I know a few of those types. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, boys. So let's start getting into this. So jujitsu. Let me ask you this because yeah. you're always asking me these questions. Go ahead. What do you think is necessary for somebody to and we're not talking about going from white belt to black belt mm. but what does someone need to just stay on the mats stay consistent and keep coming in what does someone need for longevity right all right like i said very very broad topic so let's start with the first thing in your head what is driving you to get in every night or every day to train or every other day to train every week to train what is that driving factor is it a uh, an ego thing is it a, a an enjoyment thing hopefully i mean to me it's an enjoyment thing well i mean you have to enjoy it otherwise you're yeah. not doing it like i tell everyone i'm like listen if it's not fun right don't do it it's funny you say that because uh when tom was here last time that was one of the things that he said he goes like he he, he was talking he's like guys you have to understand one thing don't take this so seriously mm. if you're a competitor then yeah it's different right. he's like but if you're just you're doing this because you enjoy it. Mm. Don't get so overworked with with what happened and not getting this technique or getting submitted too many times that you leave frustrated because then it takes the joy out of it. It takes the fun out of it. And once that happens, you quit. And the only reason you stop training is because you turned it into this much bigger thing. Mm. Tony Robbins said that. He's like, don't confuse your high expectations with perfection. Right. It's true. It just ruins everything. If that's if that's the standard you're going to hold yourself to, you're not uh, going to meet it. You're not going to meet it. And even if you do meet it to a certain extent, in other words, let's say you're stringing together a bunch of training sessions where you're you know you're knocking it out of the ballpark. Sooner or later, you're going to hit that plateau, and you're going to have to address it in your mind as much more of a learning process again. So I mean, you can't just always beat up on the white belts. In other words. You know? No, and you know, and and to touch on that too, you talked about, you know, you really start hitting your stride in training. Mm. You see it all the time with like new people, and you know, like brand new white belts, they're hitting so many classes, four classes yep. a week, five mm-hmm. classes a week, doubling up, getting their six classes a week, three wow. days a week, two classes a day, and it's like, listen, that's great, but you got to understand, this is a long game. Yeah, 
And then, you know, they start getting into this rut where it's like, well, I can't train how I used to. It's like, buddy, nobody can train how you used to. At a certain point, you're going to have to come up with something. Unless you're trying to go down that route of being a competitor, people hit that burnout. Do you think the kids are thinking that way, though? I mean, because a lot of the kids are probably like, yeah, you know, my dad said I'm going to do this. Well, let me rephrase that. So not so much kids. I think of white belts as kids. Because okay, right, to me, they're you. the kids. <laughs> like, like if you were a white belt, I'd be like, ah, this, you know, I got this kid right, in my right. school. Okay, understand. You're far from being a kid. You're... <laughs> Yes, I've been you're on almost back, AARP you're, well, for you're, seven dude, fucking years. You're almost back into going in diapers. Like that's ah. where you're at. You're almost <laughs> you're, you're close on that end. That is a mighty but, huge f you. <laughs> but, but at least now, like they make like the color depends. Like you can wear like cool, we're really going to go into this direction. They have like cool <laughs> black on. ones. They're like cool. They look like underwear. Anyway, I digress. Roy's not pooping himself yet. He's not there yet. Oh, yeah. I'd clean you up, though, Roy. I'd oh, hose you down. You're a doll. I would take care of you. You're a fucking doll. That's one way to get a brown belt, for sure. <laughs> cool. Wow. Let's get back on top. But, comedy is so good tonight. But, but what happens is, like, you're not going to be able to sustain that much training. Right. Now, you know, you'll have, like, you know, the Garys, the Gordons, yeah. you know, the Toms, the guys that turn this into a career. Mm-hmm. But realistically is at some point your life's going to adjust a little bit. You can't get in six times a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't let it dis- like deter you because now you can only train three times a week. Yeah. That's great. If you can get in three times a week, but you create this expectation in your head mm-hmm. of, well, if I can't train five days a week, I'm not going to get better. You created that. That's not, that's not real. Even going beyond that. I mean, Think about the guy that that does leave when he gets his blue belt, let's say. I have got a very good friend of mine that at the other school that I always thought he was he was a a guy that really got it a hell of a lot better than I got it. And he was really good. He had good win, the whole thing. But he left it at the blue belt. And every now and then I have him over the house for fight nights and all, all the BJJ guys come over and this and that. And he always looks around and he goes, do you think I could take that guy? And I'm like... At this point, I don't think so anymore, you know? And so I know he feels bad about it, but what I'm getting at, though, is that I think some people say, I've learned enough, and I'm, you know, I I don't need to do this to myself anymore. And I think we touched on that on the first first episode, where you were saying... You know, you talked about your marathon. It's like you can go right and, you know, 13.1, you're done, or go left and 26.2. Yeah. When you get to a certain point in your blue belt, you hit that 13-1. Right. right. That's a great point. Yeah. And you can tell yourself all day, I learned enough. I learned the techniques. I mm-hmm. Listen, realistically, by purple belt, blue belt, you kind of know everything. It's like, okay, you can tell yourself that. Right. Your friends will believe you. You know deep down that's not true. Oh, fair enough. You know so, for yeah. a fact that's not true. But, you know, why do you think he doesn't train anymore? I can't tell you. I, you know... I, I know he's not going to listen to this because I, I haven't told him about it. Um, but my thought was, I think truly he feels like he had enough. He was going the competition route and mm-hmm. he got hurt. Uh, I, I, unfortunately, I was one of the guys that hurt him. So <laughs> I, I feel Jesus. a little bad about it. It was, it was a rip thing. But, uh, and he's got three guys, you know, three boys and uh, this and that. But I, I just, I'd love to see him come back. I mean, yeah, I would too. You know, he's just one of those guys that I really love in life, and uh, he, he got this. He understood BJJ, right? You know what I'm saying? So, right. But what I'm getting at with the whole uh, long career thing is, I think it breaks down number one to the mental side of things. In other words, why am I doing this? You know, what's getting me in the door every night? Because damn, there are some nights where you're just looking and it's raining outside, and you're like, 
I don't feel like going, you know, <laughs> it, it happens all the time. I always tell people the, the hardest part of class is getting off the couch. Oh yeah. That's the hardest part. Big getting time. off your couch, getting into the car, getting in. I remember when uh, Ricardo's would have the uh, Sunday Nogi mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was like an invite session. And I would have it would start at like four o'clock, I think was the start mm-hmm. time. But I was working at the restaurant Sunday brunch, 9 a.m. till two thirty, three o'clock. <laughs> so I would go home on your feet the whole time, on your feet the whole time. Yeah. And what I would do is I would go home shower grab my stuff mm. go straight to ricardo's and just sleep in my car for 30 35 minutes not give yourself that moment to Don't, say no. no because here's the thing if i shower and sit down and turn on the tv mm. it's hard oh yeah can you do it yeah but why even give yourself that fight mm-hmm. and i would just sleep in the car until you know somebody tapped on the window and was like what are you doing why are you sleeping in your car i said because i worked today dude i worked I've always worked and done this at the same time. I can't wait till I can just do this. It's coming. It's coming. I hope so for you, buddy. You know, it's, it's, (laughs) it's a good feeling. Uh, So you had that mental thing, but let's say it's snowing outside. Let's say it's raining outside and you just, you're getting to that point where you're just like, fuck it. I don't want to go. What's pushing you? For me, what always pushed me was, well, number one, I was coaching a lot, so I kind of had to get in. Okay. But one of the things that also always pushed me was, and I, it comes back from even when I was like playing football, mm. if I wasn't doing it, somebody else was. Okay, so it's a competitive mindset at that point. It's a competitive mindset. You. That okay. was my mindset. And it was always that, you know, you start to understand, take away the competition. Mm. Let's say you don't compete. You don't have that mindset. It's when you start telling people, and I tell this people all the time, I'm like, yeah, but if you come in and train, how much better are you going to feel mm. when you leave? Oh, yeah. I'm just not feeling it. I'm not in the mood. Right. Ah, it's raining. It's like, yeah, but like, listen to yourself. Come in. How much better are you going to feel when you leave? Now, I would never want someone to put themselves in harm's way to train. Right. Like, don't drive 45 minutes in in a in a blizzard because there's class Mm -hmm. tonight. You live across the street. I expect you to be here. Yeah, I'm pretty close. You're pretty close. <laughs> you're pretty close. I remember when we first met, you said your dream was to always have a BJJ school that you could walk to. Walk and then when I signed the lease here, you're like, holy shit, my dreams, <laughs> my are, dreams coming are coming true. true. <laughs> you're like, thank you, Moses. My prayers have been answered. You really can walk here. Baruch Hashem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mazel. <laughs> what I'm saying, though, is this. you. All right, so that pushed you the competitive thing. Mm-hmm. What pushes me, though is a weird thing that I have in my head called a completion fetish. I have to, if I start something... Isn't that the whole point? I have to finish it. <laughs> if I read a shitty book, I have to finish it. If I'm watching a shitty movie, I have to finish it. I don't know what that is. I just... That, a lot of a lot of that is what drives me. Like, I have to, I have to complete what I said I was going to complete. And it, to the, you know, in this, specific to BJJ, it's like... My next step is I have to get to brown belt. So here's my, you're calling it a completion fetish, but let me ask you this, because I, I truly believe that everything is habit. Hmm. Everything oh, yeah. is what you, it becomes a habit. Do you think it's so much of a completion fetish as much as you have gotten into the habit of Poss- if you start a task, yeah. you're going to finish it? That could be it. I didn't even think about it that way, yeah. Because guess what else is a habit? Quitting is a habit. Oh, yeah. Big time. Once you start. Yep. And I think that's for, like you were asking me, like, I think that's always something that's stuck in my mind too. Mm. You know, like I, I did quit my football team my freshman year 
And then I went back and did the spring workouts and I couldn't play football anymore. But right. it's always in my mind. Yeah. Like the return might not be there. A comeback might not be in the cards. Right, right, right. So don't even stop. Well, you you were thinking at a, at a different level too. You know, you were like in a very competitive level at that point. I mean, take it down to the more mundane. Take it down like, you know, like DJ coming back tonight. DJ coming back tonight. Yeah. So exciting. I bless the boy. Great yeah. to see him. Absolutely. But Great he's coming back after a year and a half off or a year off, something like that? Uh, we're go- Yeah, 15, I think it's the COVID 15 year plus months. a few months. Plus a few, yeah, you're right, plus yeah. a few months. And now he's coming back. You know, what drove him to do it? I mean, he's a 40-year-old guy, a 39-year-old guy. He's got two kids, and he's got to meet the mortgage every month. Mm-hmm. What's driving that? I mean, I, I could give what I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, on the surface, I want to say, you know, life is happening. It's been 15 months. You start realizing, I need that stress relief. Okay. I need to get back to that place where, you know, I, I could get this workout in and start relieving the stress. I also think there's something special about when you find that tribe. You find oh, yeah, that little yeah, place yeah, yeah. for yourself and it's always... He was missing that? Did he mention that? I mean, he told me he's been he's been thinking about it for a okay. while and, you know, you know, with COVID and everything. Ugh, I hate saying that word. But with everything going on, know. he's had to be smart. You know, he's had to make, you know, certain decisions. And sure. I completely respect that and understand that. But, you know, I think he's very excited to come back and, and I'm mm-hmm. excited to have him back. You know, but now you start getting into that that other problem. It's so hard to come into a school for the first time. Mm. People underestimate like the mental aspect of coming back. Oh, yeah. Especially right now. Because you have so many people that haven't trained for a long amount of time. Right. You know, anywhere from 8 to 16, 17 months. You're going to come back and start having a hard time with someone who wasn't even training yeah, yeah. I hope he has a different mindset as far as that goes. I know he's a pretty competitive dude. He's pretty competitive, and he'll pick it back up. But I was even talking to him about that tonight. I was like, listen, dude. He's like, I don't recognize a lot of these guys, and they're already, yeah. like, they're blue belts already. I'm like, listen, don't rush it. Take yeah. your time. Seriously. Let yourself get back into it. And, you know, don't get discouraged because, you know, you're going to see this. Like, you're going to roll with someone who's been training three times a week mm. since last July. Right, right. You haven't been here since last February. That's a pretty big, that's a, that's a good amount of time to close it the is, gap. It is. You know, and it's not like, you know, it, it's not like uh, you're like a brown belt or a black belt where, you know, it's a pretty big gap. Mm. If you're, you know, I think DJ is like a two-stripe, three-stripe blue belt. Two or three, yeah. Strong Two or dude. three. Very, very strong dude. Yeah, but if, you know, you get one of these kids like, you know, you get like a Manny, a Max, yeah, who's got yeah. their wrestling background, oh, now yeah, they're yeah. a blue belt. And they can twist under you and everything. Yeah, like you start shortening that gap. But how crucial is it having someone like DJ? Having someone oh, yeah. like Jensen back yeah. at the academy, they don't realize how vital their presence of Frank Di Nicola. Yeah. Yeah. Having that presence in the academy of someone who's like, hey, like I was here when we were at the Krausers, that original group. Like, you know, your presence is one of those things. Like these these new guys really look up to you. Well, remember, I have a fetish. So. A completion fetish. Completion. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of guys have the same fetish, Roy. But, um, well, I will say this you bring up three of my favorite people. Uh, DJ Jensen and Frank Dinicola. These are guys that uh, were with us at, at the at the other school, and I was speaking a lot with Jensen, and he's so hard on himself, so hard on himself. And I, I'm like, Jensen, are you having a good time, buddy? I mean, stop with the the com- competition mindset. Are you having a good time? 
And, you know, he begrudgingly kind of like says, yes, I go, then just concentrate on that, my man. You, you know, know, he was, he was training last night with, uh, with Vic and this does play into the longevity of the sport. Cause now we're talking mm-hmm. about the mindset. Cause you can have a bad night yeah. and one bad night can keep you off the mats for a week. A week becomes a month, a month, a month becomes six months before yep. you know it. When are you coming back? Yeah. Oh, I've just been so busy. No, you're not busy. You're as busy as you were six months ago, mm. except now you've got this little voice in your head saying, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't yeah. want to get beat up. And it's like, it's going to happen. And you're not getting beat up. You don't, it's just in your mind, it's so much worse yeah. than what's actually happening. It's very, so very true. He's rolling last night with uh, with Vic. And Vic runs our Monday and Wednesday, 8.30 in the morning class. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's doing a phenomenal job with that. He's getting a lot of training in. How do you not love him? Uh, I mean, the passion is there. It's very oh, well, easy not Yeah, to you have a different view. But he's him. great. He, I, the listen. passion is there. The skills are getting there. I mean, and, and he's just, I, I knew he's, I love talking to him about food, by the way. I don't know if you ever had a chance to eat. He's a huge foodie. I mean, God damn, he's and talking I'll, about Let like, me tell you something. He works at, at the Butcher's Block yeah. down in Long Branch. Uh, great restaurant, very popular. People mm-hmm. love it. You yep. know, uh, you know, in the midst of like COVID and mask season, they were living like it was 2019. <laughs> I it. I remember my first night out during mm-hmm. COVID was down to Butcher's Block, and it was right after uh, Tom had signed his contract with one. Right. So it was like the whole group, and we went down there. And I remember like when we like got there, first of all, so the restaurant's right next to the the Long Branch Yard, okay. like Long Branch train station. So there's no parking, but I have my transit ID, so I just parked in the yard <laughs> and then walked. Got... I was like, I'm parking right here. Uh, <laughs> You're showing off. I did. I was like, I'm parking here. They're like, how do you get a I know spot? people. I'm like, dude, I parked in my employee parking spot. <laughs> right. We're good to go. <laughs> I, I took advantage. But um, I remember like seeing all those people, and they're not wearing their masks. And it was like, mm. I'm like, oh, my God, where where are we? How are we not getting shut down? Right. No, it was a party. It was, it was packed. Yeah. He's a waiter there. Yeah. I, I don't like saying the word waiter. He's a server. Oh, that's a I better was, word. Yeah. It's better, you're a server. <laughs> I don't wait on anyone. I serve you your food. I'm not waiting right, on you. Right. Server sounds so, so weird to me too. Dude, I'd rather be called a server um, <laughs> than a waiter. It's just waiting just sounds like I'm just here at your like, Beck please, whenever call, you're yes. ready, whenever yeah. you're ready. Yeah. Um, so I'm very critical of people when they tell me they're a server because I was a server for, God, eight years, right. nine years, something like that. And I was all about the charm. Right. He comes to the table and I look at him. I was like, don't fuck this up. <laughs> Clean. He, he, no notes, no looking down. Wow. Hit us with all the specials, how they were prepared, what the table might like, what he recommends, how he recommends Victor. it being cooked, how the process is what done. Let me take you to the butcher in the back. I was like, bravo. Bravo. <laughs> that was stellar. Right. Stellar. But, he, uh, you know, he, I've had some conversations with him in the office and some, some serious conversations about what he wants to accomplish. Yeah. Competition wise, coaching wise, he's got goals. Sure. All right. So How now, old is he again? 24, 25. No, I think he's like 28. Is that? Okay. 28, 27. Um, so once you have the goals, now it's about getting the focus towards that goal right, and having right, the right. discipline to stay yep. there. Mm-hmm. And I think, he, I think he really does have what it takes if he wants to stay, if he stays the course. Absolutely. And He's doing the effort. He's he's doing a lot of training over at uh, at All In. So when they have their morning classes, he'll go over there, and then he runs the morning class here on Monday and Wednesdays. And some of the All In guys come here and take class with him. Where is All In? Just a, I believe it's Manville. Oh really? Yeah, okay. not that far from here. Probably like 20, 25 oh, okay. minutes. All right. So uh, he, wait, he schleps all the way down the Long Branch to work, 
and then he comes all the way back up here. For well, right now they're uh, the restaurant's closed for uh, renovations. I gotcha. So he's got a lot of time right now. So that's why he's trying to train as much I as gotcha. he can. I gotcha. That's part of the reason why I want to start doing a morning class to run, so he can train in the mornings because he'll mm. be working at nights. Got it. I easily obliged, and I told him I was like, just don't mess it up. Yeah, I'm watching. So. He's trained there. On Wednesdays, he goes down to Tom's, trains down there. That's what he mentioned. So him, yeah. he's really getting it all he's in. Playing ball. Trying to get as much as he can yeah. and paying attention to technique and coaching and all that. And so Jensen's rolling with him last night. Okay. All right. Jensen just came back probably three weeks ago, a month ago. And he's getting in like maybe, you know, once or twice a week, which right, is right. plenty as you're easing mm -hmm. in. Sure. He's rolling with Vic, who's been going balls to the wall right, for the right. last like eight months. The thing with Jensen, I told him this last night. I was like, Jensen, every now and then in the middle of a roll, it's like you forget that you're Jensen and you just... <laughs> you let it loose. You go. Yeah. And you start doing like a cartwheel pass or you roll out of an omoplata yeah. and turn through to the pass. And then like it clicks where you're like, oh no, I'm Jensen. And you like get back to... I was yeah. like, just lose yourself. Just do I what Eminem tells you to do and lose yourself. Who is that moment. guy? I've never heard of that guy. Eminem. Eminem. B-Rabbit, one of the best rappers of all time. I don't. I'm not familiar with him. You know exactly. Who <laughs> you know exactly. I blocked out Eminem's music in my mind. But well, that's because we all know what happened while you were at boxing practice. Yes. It's like I'm slim. Shh, boys. He's on the mat. But it's like he has it. And here's the here's the thing. I've had conversations with people all the time, and whenever Jensen's name comes up. They're like, dude, Jensen doesn't realize how tough he is. Uh, Jensen beautifully defensive game. So technical, yeah. too. Mm -hmm. Like, when he passes someone's guard, and he'll pass guards of people who are like, they have tough guards. Absolutely. He makes it look like he's not even trying. Yeah. He has but a smooth he, game. He does. Very smooth. Yeah. Very slow. It's perfect for him. But and I'm, you know what the weirdest thing is? Like, I'm going to tell him, Jensen, we talked about you last night. And, I, you know, I'm going to say, listen. Gonna say, oh, God. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys say about me? I don't even want to hear it. Exactly. I don't even want to know. I'm like, we think you're fucking great. You yeah. think you're so great and you don't even realize it. And he's such a crucial part of this school. Yep. Like people love him and they Absolutely. love training with him because, and what he doesn't realize is he thinks he's having all these band rounds with people and really it's because everyone's turning it up on him because yeah. if they don't, they're not going to do anything. Who is he rolling with that he told me? I forgot who he said he was rolling with, um, but he said... Come on, do the you know do the uh, the submission. Don't don't just stop. You know, and then he said, "Boy, did I regret it when I said it." All. <laughs> he really put it on me, and it's like. But you know, he he's got that thing. But you know, it, it's you know, someone like Jensen is able to as much as they start to you know veer, you can reel them back in, and they stay the course. Yeah. But that's a, that's a sort of mental toughness that he has oh, that where absolutely. you know he's able to as much as he gets in his own head he's able to like listen and then step out and yeah. be like all right i'll right. see you wednesday yeah. it's like you're gonna you have to stay consistent and you have mm -hmm. to take your bad nights and you have to take your good nights and realize that at the end of a good night you're not the greatest thing in the sport yeah and at the end of the bad night you're not the worst thing in the sport you got to stay consistent yeah and it's funny thing is because when you when you have a bad night, you need to be able to catalog what it was that made it a bad night so you can address that the next time. Right. And if you want to talk about a hack, you know, in, in terms of, you know, BJJ longevity, in terms of BJJ growth, take your losses, not as losses, but as learning, you know, it's so cliche, but take your losses as a learning experience. Say, okay, where are the holes in my game? 100%. You know, like the other day, I, I, I give... Props to uh, to uh, Scott Dowd. 
I was, uh, we were doing pass protect and I, I kept my neck out stupidly and he, he cranked a, uh, a guillotine on me and it's like, I'm like, should I tap? Should I not tap? I'm like, fuck it. He got it on me. Okay. And I said, I'm never, ever going to stick my friggin' neck out never again. Never do it again. <laughs> exactly. And that's going to be in my head. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I, I hope people can kind of take that as a hack and go with it and, uh, and go from there. The other side of the whole thing is aside from the mental there's a physical side. You got to oh, prep your body. Okay. You got to take care of yourself a little bit. This is not a question of, you know, like we were talking about eating desserts tonight and sugar cereals, which I completely dig, but <laughs> you can't do that all the time. You can't do that you can't all do the it. time. I actually, I've been telling you about this. I've recently had to like cut out almost all the sugar. Did you? My, yeah. Okay. It's just, my body's just not reacting but to it so the way good. it used to. It's <laughs> fucking delicious, dude. And like, here's my thing. Like, I'm a big pastry guy, yeah. but I don't eat pastries all the time. So uh -huh. what I cheat to get like the sweets is, you know, I do like apple juice and like stuff like that. That's sugar though. It's all sugar. Dude, I used to make this drink <laughs> called a Professor Miguel. Okay. It's like, it's like an Arnold Palmer, but instead right, of Arnold iced Palmer tea, is lemonade, iced tea. Yeah, yeah. This is lemonade, apple juice, okay. two parts iced, or I'm sorry, uh, two parts iced tea, one part okay. apple juice. That's right. a Professor Miguel I over a it. lot of ice. It's delicious. I can't drink it. You I throw a shot I, of anything in there? Dude, no, no, no. I keep it. I don't drink that. You want to know what's funny? When I used to drink wine and I used to drink a lot more I scotch and bourbon wine. than I used to. What's your favorite one? I, I actually like the white wines. A little bit. The, the reds, I don't have a taste for, but the white wines, anything from a Riesling, which is really, really sweet. Really sweet. Pinot Grigio, which just goes with every freaking kind of food there is. Mm -hmm. I love that. And you just, have you ever seen this magazine called Wine Enthusiast? Yes. I look at that and I'm like, what a great life that is. <laughs> Go to Tuscany, drink some friggin' wine. <laughs> Have you ever seen the documentary Psalm? Uh, no. It's on, it's on, it used to be on Netflix and it's all about uh, how to become a sommelier. Oh, so, okay. I thought it was P-S-A-L-M. I thought you were talking about the biblical No, thing. not the Bible okay. verse. Psalm. Psalm. Yeah, let's, let's take a turn. <laughs> let's talk like, about, what while you're talking fuck? about vineyards, let's talk about Jesus right now. <laughs> let's talk about the New, the New Testament, Roy. Yes. Um, I'm like, I know you probably haven't seen that part of the Bible. Well, shit, um, I've read the New Testament three you're, times. You're, you know what? You and me have very similar views on like religion. Hell yeah. We're like, we have our beliefs, but at the same time, it's like, I kind of want to read the other story. Dude, <laughs> I, I love this. I mean, if you, I don't want to go into the whole spiritual aspect, but I love Christmas. I love, you know, people that express their faith. I, what am I going to listen to some schmuck talk about like atheism? Oh, there's no God, you know? The world sucks, doesn't it? And hey, listen, if that's how you feel, that's cool, but it's like, that's kind of boring. Exactly. I like having some characters in my story. <laughs> Thank you. You know? Oh, great. I die, and now I'm going to be worm food in the ground. Yeah, that, that's a great way I, to believe. Uh, listen, I like, listen, I, you already know how I feel about my faith, mm -hmm. but I think like you and me are the same way when it Absolutely. comes to religion, where it's like, I'm not going to shun one because it's like, well, that's not my faith. Yeah. No, like, I want to hear, I want to hear it. It's yeah, like, that's exactly. interesting, and you can find so much good stuff out of that. Absolutely. But- we were we were talking about the, the about. sweets. Um, I just can't have the sugar. I can't yeah. do more. So I, I really cut out a lot of sugar. Do you feel anything in your head? Because I'm I like I hate the inflammation say. in my body. That's what's okay, that's why that's I have to stop feeling. it. Okay. It's just uh, the inflammation is getting very bad, and uh, I have to really take. Uh, I have this thing called prothrombin mutation, uh -huh. where it's actually my blood is thicker. My consistency of my blood is just it's thicker than normal. So what happens is I'm more susceptible to blood clotting. Oh wow! So as I get older, holy shit. Things like sugar and all that stuff. That's going to cause issues. Causes right? way more inflammation. Yep. And mm -hmm. now it's at a point where I can't have hardly any. So, wow. dude, I've only been doing like seltzer, 
pure water. I love seltzer. Coconut water. Like, yeah. I'm drinking coconut water like crazy. Wow. But even that can't do too much because there's a lot of calories and, like, no you know, doubt. you got to make sure you're getting a good yep. one. So I've really been cutting out. So tonight when you guys started talking about, like, pastries and like, sweet cereals, <laughs> I was sorry, like, brother. oh, my God. I was like, I wish. But we started talking about the the sweet cereals and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And, yeah and, and I've been doing this new diet. It's uh, it's working out for me, I guess. It's, uh, you know. Everyone's heard about intermittent fasting, but I'm taking Works it to great. the next step. I'm going like OMAD. I'm going one meal a day these days. Tom started doing that for a while. And I just, I don't, I, I just pound like around two o'clock, three o'clock. I just eat whatever I want. And then I don't eat from like three o'clock in the afternoon till, uh, you know, three o'clock the next day. Till the next day. And you got to find what works for you. Yeah. And you got to make sure that it's, that your body's reacting to it because going back to what you originally were talking about that caused this topic was <laughs> taking care of your body. Yes, 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 yes. Taking care of your Absolutely. body. That's why I said I had to cut out the sugar because so I got to take care of my body. When you look around at some of the higher end competitors, you know, and I know usually they're younger people, but you talked about a guy tonight, Joe, Joe Bays. Joe uh, Bays. Yeah. He's an older fella. Joe Bays, I hope you're li- listening. If Joe Bays is listening to this, number one, it's an honor. <laughs> number two, I'm I was so excited when Tom announced that he was on our team, right? Because I was like an undercover Joe Bays fan. He was like one of the first big names in jujitsu mm. when I started back in 07. Because wow. uh, he was one of those guys like leg locking people. And for me, here's the thing too. When I here's the thing, I gotta stop saying that. <laughs> I say it a million times an episode. Um, when I started, it was you know Ricardo said when he was a kid, you know they didn't have Superman, they didn't have Batman, right? Their superheroes were in the gym. It was Carlos. It was Carlinhos. It was Henzo. Wow. It was those guys. Okay. So for me, you know, the Brazilians were always easy to look up to, but I don't live in Brazil. Yeah. I looked up to like Tom, Haas, Dante, sure. Joe Bays. It's like these guys are from here. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're from America. Mm-hmm. Like they're having the same path I have. Like I'm not, I don't live in Rio. Yeah, and Joe Bays is one of the first names that I like recognize, and I was super excited. And if Joe Bays is listening, Joe, you are a legend. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I'm sure you're not, but uh, if you are, man, uh, man, I just love I love rooting for that guy. Mm-hmm. I really do. But go on with what you're saying. What Sorry I was to saying, cut you off. Does Roy. Joe have now that he's competing in Masters and this and that? Do you? Uh, I mean, he's got to have a, a workout regimen. He's got to have a, a, an eating regimen, a diet regimen. You know, I, I have no clue. What I will know is this. He's got a ton of injuries. Hmm. Like, his body's been through the ringer. Like you can see it when he walks out to, like, uh, you know, this last, like, when he walks out to the ring or he walks hmm. out to the stage. Man, he, you, like, you look at him, you're like, how is this guy going to compete? Right, right, right. Then he goes out there, animal. So I'm sure there's things that he's doing to make sure right. that he can maximize his output when, hmm. he, when it's time to perform. What is that I don't know? Right. Is it maximizing your training, minimizing your training? I don't know. I would love to find out. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, uh, like there are guys that put DM. out workout videos. You know, I, I know, uh, Gordon has one and I know Tom actually put out a nice one as well. Tom does you know, have working one. out. And, uh, it, I, look, all I can tell you is this when I, I come here twice a week, maybe three times a week and I'm at the gym three times a week. Mm-hmm. And, but it's really, really important. I think we were talking about, you know, getting a full body workout. It's really, really important getting a full body workout when you go to the gym because otherwise if you can't kind of spread your body out in terms of this sport, it's really going to limit you. Here's the thing. And you got to understand too. I remember I had a football coach in high school and he used to always tell me, he's like, if you're in a gym for more than 45 minutes, you're wasting time. Beautiful advice. He's like, you gotta know what you're doing. He goes, now granted there's, there's room for, uh, 
interpretation there, mm-hmm. depending on what you're doing, you know, what kind of exercise you're doing. Like uh, power lifters take a little bit longer. They take bigger rests in between right. the sets so that they're rested more so they can do heavier weights. Then you got the new generation where they need to stop in between every set to take a picture and post it. And <laughs> if you don't post a picture, did you really do it? Um, but it was, you know, he was all about get in, do your work, you know, six to seven yeah. exercises, three to four sets, you know, 10 to 12 reps, do what you got to do. A Don't waste that, any time. A hack that I use for BJJ all the time is I, I absolutely rush through my workouts at the gym. It's like I, I use a, a, a six, 12, 25, uh, uh, spread. In other words, I'm lifting heavy for six reps, mid range for 12 reps, and then light for 25. And it really mimics BJJ for me. And I'm in and out of there in 25 minutes, 20 minutes. Yep. It's, it's really, uh, been uh, quite helpful. But the other problem with that is that I do wake up feeling tight. Yeah. So lifting the weights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And BJJ is very, very much yoga esque for me in that sense. You know, you're stretching the muscles out, but you see how you just said like you, you lift weights and then you say you wake up and you're tight. Yeah. So you make an adjustment. You have to listen to your body. That's such a hard part for people too. And I've had this conversation with people and it especially starts happening when you get older. I had to have this conversation with myself. I remember talking to Tom one time. Yeah, dude, you get to a point where you got to realize like this hurts. This doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel good. You get to a point where you can't just say, oh, stop being a pussy. It's like, no, like something's. (laughs) Thank you. I got to fix this. Very much. It's if it hurts, dude. I was talking to Tom one time. This was like right up, pre, like right in the middle of the of the pandemic when it first happened. Right. I'm talking about like you know competition and certain things that I want to do, and he's like, "Dude, you got to understand something." He's like, "You've been doing this for a while now." He's like, "You're not you're not a spring chicken." He's like, "You're getting older," and he was like, "You know you you haven't had, you know the accolades, the big matches that you know a lot of these guys have." He goes. But you've been putting in wars in the gym. Yeah, he's like your body because he knows my my background. He goes, yeah. your body was beat up when you started. Hmm. He goes, I know you're hurting right now. I'm hurting. And I I messaged him back. I'm like Tom, I'm so glad you said that because I'm in so much fucking pain right now, dude. I'm like my wow. knees hurt, my ankles hurt. But when he said that. It was like someone it's saying, okay. like, it's okay. it's okay. Exactly. And I was like, dude, I just don't feel good. He yeah. goes, of course you don't. You're 36 years old. Yeah. You've been, he's like, how long have you been like competitive? I was like, since I was 12. Mm. He's like, that's 24 years of you just laying your body out there. Laying your body out there. Yeah. And, it, and it's, you know, I feel it. But yeah. that's why I've made so many adjustments. Like, one mm. of the biggest adjustments I've made, you're talking about, uh, like with the weights. Yeah. I keep it lightweights. Yep. Supersets. Yep. Absolutely. That's, that's it. I don't need to do a 60 pound dumbbell curl. Can I? Sure. Do I need to? No. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll set it to 30. Take a 30 pound dumbbell weight, dumbbell weight, 10 curls, turn it into 10 overhead press, mm-hmm. bend over. I remember 10 you dumbbell doing that rows. The, uh, with the, uh, at the old school. You did that. I would do that at the old school with the yeah. 45 pound weight, yeah. the, mm-hmm. uh, the, just the plate. And that's yep. Tom's workout. And I love that workout. Because you're pushing yourself enough where you're you're exhausting your muscles, mm-hmm. you're getting the lactic acid buildup, and it's quick movements. It's mm-hmm. you know press, 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 stand up. Everything's explosive, but with control. That transitions to jujitsu. Oh, explosive absolutely. movements, utilizing strength, but with control. But with mm-hmm. control, and yep. you know you're you're exhausting yourself, but still pushing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I just find it when I uh, when I do lift, 
and I put in, let's say, a week or two with the lifting, it just feels that much better. And, uh, you know, look, I, I guess everybody has their own uh, injuries that they have to deal with and this and that. But, gosh, I, I wish I could many, many times I wish I had somebody saying to me, hey, take it easy. Just don't go that hard. And now I'm like, I'm, I guess I'm the king of flow rolling. <laughs> I don't even want to go yeah, hard but you anymore. Know what it is too? It's, and there's nothing wrong with that because here's the thing. You're calling yourself the king of flow roll, but when you're feeling good, if I ask that, you for a yeah, round, you're going to give me a round. That's exactly, that's a great point. And you give me a great yeah. round and here's what you're not realizing or you, maybe you do realize this. I see you at the end of class. Right. getting your flow rolls in and you're doing it with two stripe white belts what brand new white mm -hmm. belts right. and i truly believe that because you're doing that number one is keeping your game sharp without a doubt you're I'm, pointing out little things and then guess what it's elevating those junior students at a much faster them. rate yep and you're working with them you're working with them and they're giving you work that's the thing but I mean. you're starting you're accepting where you're at and what you can and can't do that's a big thing. I mean, you know, managing your own expectations, you know, and, and it's such a big part of, you know, what makes a, a good student in my mind. In other words, sort of a, a white belt sponge mentality, you know, you're taking in all these different bits of advice, all these bit, bits of technique, and you're turning it into a product that you can be so proud of. You're taking all those individual crayons in the box. Yep. Yeah. And you're turning it into a painting. I, uh, so I'm, you're always going to run into people that have injuries. Yeah. And I think the best thing, instead of telling someone like, listen, like suck it up, get through the injury like that, that doesn't work. Yeah. Cause eventually what that makes you seem like is, you know, unempathetic. Really? Right? Yeah. And it makes you Absolutely. look like a dick. Sometimes when someone's like, you mm -hmm. know, I'm scared about this injury. You can't just be like, ah, come on, dude. Like, don't be such a pussy. Like I got, listen, injuries hurt people. And you don't know, like what an injury that I have, I might be fine with, but someone else might be completely yeah. debilitated by it. Frank Nicola has had, neck issues you bet wow. he's had some serious ones yep. and i remember when he first came back i was so excited to have him back he was a purple bell he'd been training for years yep. then he had injuries and you know he took a break and he was he was excited to be training again absolutely i had I loads of conversations with him about so that. excited to come yep. back and i was excited to have someone with his experience sure joining my school yep. we're brand new and i've got a i've got a three-stripe purple belt right out the yep. gate who knows what he's doing mm-hmm and understands some of my stories when I talk about, you know, well, back in the day, he knows back in the day. <laughs> Frank brings it too. He was probably like a month in mm -hmm. and his neck was hurting him. Mm -hmm. And he came into the office. He goes, look, uh, professor, like, I, I just don't think I can do this anymore. And I was like, well, what's wrong? He's like, you know, I did like four rounds yesterday and I pushed a little bit and I just, I can't, like I'm hurting. And I'm like, why are you pushing so hard? Yeah. He's like, well, that's how you got to train. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, you, you got to. You got to control that. He's like, nah, I don't think you understand. You don't understand. I got the, I was like, all right, stick around for, just give me another month. Stick around for another month. Right. Right away, I reached out to uh, Professor Carlos. Oh, that's the guy. Professor Carlos. <laughs> but I reached out to Professor Carlos because I needed, uh, you know, these guys, you ask them for anything, they show up. Right. And I wanted to like redo the flooring in the bathroom at the old space and I had leftover floor. But what I really wanted was Carlos to come with Jay. Jay McHugh. Uh, and I know Jay's going to hear this because he's a big fan of the podcast. We were at the wedding. I, th I think Jay was the fellow that, that lost a ton of weight. And lost a ton of weight. fucking 
like shredded shredded like, <laughs> shredded what an amazing his, guy he cracks me up he says that his alarm goes off at four o'clock in the morning so uh-huh. that's when he goes to the gym and he says right away he goes oh, i'm not going and then he says he opens his eyes he's like you ain't gonna be a bitch today <laughs> he, just, he forces himself to get up four Love o'clock it. in the morning guy's got three kids works a full-time job trains. wow but here's the thing he's had multiple surgeries yeah. neck surgeries this guy had a neck surgery where they went in through the front of his neck to fuse him in the back. He's had discectomies. He's had every, not vasectomies, discectomies. Yeah. He's been through it. Wow. He he only has about like forty percent, fifty percent mobility of like his left shoulder now, wow. of his whole like left arm actually. This guy still goes to the gym every day. This guy goes to Ocean County just to like watch classes or move around and do what he can. I was like Jay, I need you to come in and talk to this guy yeah. and explain to him how he can keep doing this because he wants to be here, mm-hmm. right? The training is one thing, but there's a reason why you've got to be here. So how do I keep him here? So I go, so, you know, they're hanging out for a while and they're talking right, and right. I can see like Frank's eyes. Like he's like really listening to everything yeah. Jay has to say. Cause it's like, not only does this guy have what I've got, he's got more. Yeah. He's got worse. So when they're done, they do the floor. I'm going to tell you a funny story about what those two, what those two dicks did to me that day. Um, <laughs> I go to Jay. I'm like, hey, did you talk to him? He goes, yeah, I talked to him. That's how Jay talks. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what you tell him? He goes, I told him. Listen, man, like it's going to hurt, but it hurts worse when you don't train. Right, right, right. He's like, you're not 25 anymore. You can't go that hard. He's like, well, what do you do when it really hurts? He's like, I stop. Yeah. He's like, and what do you do if it feels good? He's like, I train. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, but you gotta understand. Like every day you take your own. Every That's day you gotta it. take it's your own him, temperature. But it's like it, it's such an easy answer. It's like yeah. if it hurts, stop. Yeah. But you want to push through it. You need to understand. Like, if you're hurt and you have a real injury, and I'm talking about like real injuries. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And stop. Yeah. If you've got screws in your neck and your neck hurts, stop. Yeah. Do one round. Or stop. If it starts hurting in the middle, just stop the round. Now, I know it becomes that that ego thing. And sometimes it's not even ego. Frank's it's a just, competitive dude. He's a competitive you know, guy. And he the thing about Frank and having gone out to dinner with him and his beautiful wife and he's got wonderful kids and beautiful this and that. family. I love his family. Great kids. Just Those great kids, kids have phenomenal names. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Phenomenal names. Kind of like John Carlo kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh Gianfranco. Right, right. But Frankie is a such a cerebral guy too. It really has to make sense for him on a rational level, not just an emotional level. And, and he's just, you know, that's one of those guys that I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if the conversation with Jay, you know, kind of hit home. I 100% think it hit home because now he's a brown belt and he's, yeah. he still finds a way to get in. Yeah. And, you know, when he hurts, he knows when it's time to take a break. He knows yeah. when it's time to push. I mean, these are things that, you know, as we get older, yeah. you know, we're pushing our body a little bit more and it's, it takes more to push it as we get older and the injuries pile on. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know. Look, I, I don't want to get into the whole thing of like, you know, when you're <laughs> when you get really old, but it, it, it does get to that point a lot more. Mm-hmm. And it's just nice to hear people saying, slow the fuck down. <laughs> you know what sometimes I'm saying? You, sometimes you, you know, need someone to tell you that. Because I hate to say it, peer pressure is a real thing. You it's know? a real thing. And, you know, the whole pussy line, you know, don't be that way. It, it, it definitely hits home a Listen, lot of times. I, I was 21 when I started training. Right. I'm 36 now. I got injuries. Yeah, I've got some things that are busted up. You know, my body doesn't react the same way. But when someone like Manny wants to go, oh, 
I'm 21 again. <laughs> Tomorrow I'll be 51 when I wake up and can't move. But for right, but you know, it, you know, but it's like I'm gonna do it. it. I'm not gonna I back down, and yeah. I'm gonna go. But how many more years do I have left where I can actually do that? Yeah, that's what it is, you know. And and you know, I, I, I had this. My wife said to me just the other day, she goes, "Oh, your back is really hurting, isn't it?" And I said, it is, but it, I go to jujitsu because it makes my back feel better. Feel better. <laughs> as weird as that sounds. Because you're moving it. Yeah. You're moving it. You're moving I it. Said, here's I the, need you're not that. Just, yeah, it's not like, here's the thing. Like, jujitsu is in a lot of ways like a very extreme form of yoga where you're yeah. going to bend and contort in ways you wouldn't normally exactly. do. Yeah, very much so. And now you are. Yeah. And then, well, that's what you need to do. You need to relieve some of that pressure and crack it a little bit yeah have you ever had someone like mount you and as soon as they get on top like you hear your back go and you're like oh <laughs> Fuck yeah you're like that's what i needed <laughs> it's like a free chiropractor <laughs> Absolutely. and they're like are you okay you're like oh, never Baby, better stay, wait, wait, never don't move, better don't move yeah don't move. there you go <laughs> <laughs> Baby, that feels good <laughs> dude i'll tell you what sometimes like if my shoulder's hurting, yeah. I have bursitis in my shoulder. Okay. I'm just going to name everything I got. <laughs> I have bursitis in my shoulder. And sometimes I'll have people like lock a Kimura on me. Like I'll get to my right, side right. and I'll be like, just pull it, just pull it, twist it. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, there we go. There we go. And they're like, does this hurt? I was like, it will in about two more inches. But right now, just hold it right there. I'll ask Steph to do it every now and right, then. Right. And I get so mad. I'm like, I wish you fucking trained so you knew what to do. She goes, I don't know what a Kimura is. Right. I'm like, oh, God, you're worthless to me right now. Woman, you're worthless. Yeah. And then Juliana's like, I do Kimura. I'm like, <laughs> probably would, actually. But so going back to that day. Yes. Jay and Carlos came in. Aside from uh, Jay, you know, giving Frank like a little bit of hope. Like, Because yeah. I remember Frank was like, dude, that's a fucking tough dude. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's probably one of the toughest guys I know. Because he's his body's half metal. But this guy, <laughs> let me tell you something. Works his ass off. What does he do? Uh, he's a contractor, so he's always doing right. construction gotcha. stuff. Okay. Works his ass off. Right. Always smiling. Uh, always yeah. happy. I remember you'll him never, showing me pictures. He was you'll just, never hear he's this so guy complain. Too. Yeah. Never hear this guy complain. Wow. That's great. And he's got every reason to. Just from, just complaining by, about pain. But So that was the day that you told Carlos you wanted to feel his strength. Oh, I remember you that. You remember day. that? Yeah. And Carlos was like, can I do it, Papi? I'm like, go ahead. Just don't don't break him. Don't break But <laughs> Don't break the old guy. <laughs> so Tom, I, I had just opened the school. And Tom's big I thing is when you day. have a school, you've got to have the image. If you're the owner of a school, you've got to. Someone's got to walk in, see you, and be like, I want to, I want to be like this yeah. guy. Right, right, right. You know, you got to look the part. Okay. So, oh shit! I think I know where you're going with this. My weight always goes up and down, yeah. up and down, you know. And, and it, and it, listen, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I let myself go to a certain point, and then I'm like, all right, time to bring it back, and we mm -hmm. get strict. Right. Now it's a little bit easier, just because I can't have so many things. Um, but they sent me to Lowe's because I had to go buy like another thing for the floor or something like that. Mm -hmm. As I'm at Lowe's, I get a message from Tom. He's like, "Are you fucking kidding me right now?" This is what you're doing? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he sends me a picture of the desk, my desk in the office. Mm -hmm. Carlos and Jay went into my office when I left to Lowe's. They went to Krauser's next door. Okay. They put like Snapple bottles oh, on the table, on the desk, open. They put like a bag of Cheetos. They put like <laughs> Cheetos on my gi and they messaged Tom. They're like, Tom. This is how his desk was when we walked in. I swear to God, he's got Cheeto marks on his fucking gi. 
this guy's losing it. He's he's off the rails. Oh no! And I'm like Tom. I'm literally at Lowe's. I'm nowhere near the school. He goes. They better not be telling me the truth. <laughs> and then like 20 minutes later, he goes, all right, they were pulling a prank. Jay yeah. actually says you look really good. I'm like, dude, like, yeah, I'm like, I just posted a picture yesterday. He goes, you have people know how to pose in those pictures. <laughs> but yeah, like Tom was like very like drive up to Montgomery and like maul me. Cause it, and I, told him, I was like, Tom, you should have known that wasn't me. Number one, those are puffy Cheetos. I like the crunchy right. ones. Oh, the crunchy ones are totally the best. That's one. the way to those go. Those are the dude. originals. I can't do those, that puffy the shit. Puffy shit sucks. Come on, man. It's weak, dude. It's it's like black licorice. It sucks compared to red licorice. <laughs> you I ever, mean, come uh, on. You ever seen the movie The Little Giants? I remember. That was the one with Ed O'Neill? Yeah, with Ed O'Neill. Yeah. Al Bundy. Oh, gotta love Al Bundy. There's a scene where like the kid gets hit and he's got like, or he's hiding like Cheetos in his like jersey or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Ed O'Neill's character is like, puffy or crunched. And the guy goes, puffy. And he goes, wussy. <laughs> yeah, right. It sucked. I was like six years old. I was like, yeah, I was like, for real, who eats that? Crunchy all day, dude. But the longevity and understanding what your body can do, what your body can't do, yeah. you know, that's the physical. Big time. I, you know, and, and it kind of rolls into the next thing, it, which is what are your expectations, you know, as far as your progress, getting back to sort of BJJ land here. Uh, so you're taking care of your body. You, you, you know why you're walking in every door. You're walking in the door. What are your expectations as far as plateauing so you can continue to grow in your career? So I'm glad you brought that up because here's the thing. Here, here's what it comes down to. You start at a certain age. Yep. You have a certain idea of what you want to do. You have a certain expectation of what it's supposed to be. Right. And, th- and this isn't, you know, specific to jujitsu. This is everything right, right people start a career this is their goal i'm gonna do this and i'm and then you're in there for one and you're like i don't want to do that anymore right i'm happy right here as you start to continue to train you start to do stuff what's your role now not just what your expectations are for yourself but what has your role become at the academy at a certain point you oh, wow. go from that young you know, new person really attacking to now you're a main training partner or a competitor to mm. now you're the older person. I didn't even think about that. Who's yeah. pointing out the technique. Your role is going to change. My role today is very different from what it was 10 years ago. Mm. Uh, you know, I don't train the way I used to train. I don't go after it the way I go after it. You know, if I go to Ocean County, a lot of times, like I'll get a couple rounds in here and there with like, you know, the guys I've trained with for years, but I'll spend time in the corner. You know, with Carlos watching the young guys and telling the correct little things and telling them, like, listen, that's, that's just not going to happen in a real tournament. Right. And I said, why not? And then we got to, you know, <laughs> old man him for like two seconds and then get out of there before like Calvin figures out what he's doing and like breaks our ankle. Right. So I'm right. out of here, dude. I'm not going to give you six whole minutes. You're crazy. <laughs> I lo- Calvin, if you don't know, Calvin's one of Tom's like, like just dogs right now. I was there when he got his brown belt and I remember we're in the locker room and I'm talking to him I'm like, dude. I'm so glad I got old when I did right. cuz I want no parts of you. I don't I I don't want to be going through training camp with you. I don't want to help you for a training camp. I don't want you being my partner in a training camp. I don't want to have to face you four times a night, five nights a week. Right. I don't want to do that. None of that. I already had to go through that with like Dave Gonzalez and Carlos and Jay. Those were not fun nights. No. Right. Winning no. is fun. Oh yeah. But leading up to it, like, horrible. <laughs> and these young guys are just getting better. Uh, Tom's got uh, someone like Cam, Cameron, uh, Cameron Lott. Kid's 135 pounds, 130 pounds. Just, uh, just got nominated for 
match of the year. Wow. By Flo <laughs> Grappling from his match in Emerald City. Uh, Sam McHale's Emerald City. Sam McHale, uh, good uh, good friend. I always liked Sam. I always liked his social media presence. And Where's Gary, he based? He's over, I want to say Syracuse or it's something really? up in New York. Holy yeah. New York? Um, wow, that's awesome. But, uh, you know, Gary's always said great things about him. And then uh, he had a super fight against Cam, mm-hmm. uh, Sam and Cam, uh, against Cameron Lott. And afterwards, he, you know, started talking to Tom. And, you know, he's like, listen, I'd love to come train. And then Tom Tom brought him on. He's part of the team. And when Tom was here, Sam was actually here that night. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, the night you got your you got your purple belt. No, Gordon was here that night when you got your purple yeah, belt. Yeah, exactly. Well, when Tom came back in May, I think that's when it was. Sam was here and I, I just hit it off with Sam. He's got one of those, he's got one of those personalities. It's just like, I am what I am. Yeah. And I'm like, I dig it, dude. Like just, just be you so I can be me and we could all just Everybody's be happy in this in world. Skin. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, but, uh, Cameron lots, you know, he's a purple belt and he had a phenomenal match against like the number one ranked rooster weight black belt in the oh, world. Wow. Cam's a purple belt. Right. And, you know, you get someone like that, 135 pounds. Well, my role isn't going to be what it would have been 10 years ago with him, mm. which is roll with him, beat him up, put weight on him, don't let him move, try to pass his guard. My role now is to just watch, enjoy, and if I yeah. see a spot with something I could give some pointers, I'll give some pointers. Sure. Otherwise, I just keep my fucking mouth shut and let Tom do what he does. But your role is going to change within the academy. Right, right. Your role is going to change on the team. Can you handle that? Great point. I mean, great question. I was just really thinking along the lines of like, because some people tend to say, oh, well, I can only be happy if I'm progressing to the next belt or the next stripe or this or that. I, You know, my whole mentality has always been, am I progressing in terms of, is my game getting a little bit more tight? Is my mm-hmm. submissions getting a little bit more you know, efficient and this and that? So, uh, yeah, I didn't even think about the idea of, of, you know, what your perception is within the school. But as the school professor, you really must look around at your students and say, this guy's doing this, this guy's doing that. And, you know, they do have their roles and you could see it. Yeah, everyone's got a different role. Yeah. Even people that don't realize they have a role, right. they have a role. Yeah. No you, have, you have a purpose and you have a, a, a specific space and a specific job in this academy, whether yeah. you realize or not, everyone has a role on the team. Yep. No one's just sitting on the bench collecting a check. Everyone has Beautiful a role. Thing. That's why I pair up certain people with certain people all the time. Because it's like, I see something in your game that can make this person better. And there's something in their game that can make you better. So pairing you guys up for the next week or two is going to accelerate both of you quickly. That's interesting. And then I'll split you up and put you with someone that does exactly what you do very well. And then we'll see how it goes. And mm-hmm. I, I've got like a little strategy. That's why I don't just go all by right, size. So t- all right. So wait a minute. Let's take a step back. What is your strategy? It depends on the person. Okay, so you you get all everybody lines up, mm-hmm. okay, and they're you know guys facing each other, they shake hands, that kind of thing, and now you're thinking, okay, go like what what, what are your so depending on who's in there, you know, I'll look at size, that does matter, but then I'll start thinking like, all right, who really needs to, you know, needs a night where they need to progress, mm. they need to get better, and I'll take that person, I'll pair them up with someone who is probably at their level or a little bit lower as far as skill okay. goes, so you can get some work. They can get some positive reinforcement. Sure. And I'll have them do that for about a week. And then as they start picking it up, they start feeling confident. Now the next week, you're not going with that person again. I'm going to bump you up with someone who's higher in skill. Right, right. Now let's see if you can take what you did last week, translate it into this week with someone who's a little bit higher. Mm. And it's fun. 
it it's fun for me. is. It's fun <laughs> yeah. for me. Uh, you know, like for example. See, now I'm going to actually, when you do that sort of pairing, I'm going to actually like take a moment to say, why is he doing that now? You know, <laughs> there's a reason. So for example, I've, I've put you with Albert for a long time. Yeah. I think you're, Albert's very tough. Yes. Albert has a lot of skill. Albert is one of those guys who likes to get in there. Mm. Albert's also an older guy. Yeah. So I like putting him with you because it's like you can beat him up. I try not to, but but you, you can. Know. Yeah. And he'll take it. And he can also beat you up. But I feel like you're both at a very similar place mentally where you know what the limits are. Great point. Yeah. He's got a professional career. You have a professional career. You're doing this for very similar reasons. So you both understand, like, I'm going to give you 100%. You're going to give me 100%. But it's the proper 100% for each other. Right. So you both elevate your games because you're going to put it on him and he's going to make you work. But at the same time, when it's his turn to work, you know how to bring down your technique to give him, you know, he's a a two-stripe, three-stripe white belt now. Three-stripe, yeah. So you can give him a four stripe white belt feel a, yeah. a blue belt feel you can drop it while still improving your game and improving his and then tonight i give you someone like gotham yeah who really is a brand new great name <laughs> isn't he gotham i think it's, it's, it's spelled it different g-a-u-t-h-a-m i think i don't think there's an h okay it's just kind of like snuck in there i, I think he just started calling himself gotham <laughs> like, like gotham but you go with someone like gotham tonight who's uh, you know, he, he's smaller in frame, smaller yeah, in size, I, I, so you can put some strength on him. And now it also works the psychological because it's like, in his mind, he goes, dude, this guy's like 57 years old and he's beating my ass. Yeah. But you're doing it in a way where you're working with him and you're like, you feel this? Now do this. Right. Now where where's the pressure coming? Do this. But was that your role at the school five years ago? Definitely not. I Definitely mean, not. Yeah. Your role changed. Yeah. And you've embraced it, and you've done so well with it. I appreciate I, you, that. I listen, really you work with the older guys. You work with the smaller guys. Who are you working with today before we sat down and started doing the podcast? Well, I was going with uh, Josh quite a bit. I was going with... Uh, oh, I know. Who you're uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Well, I was really shocked when he came over to me. Okay, because... But do you, do you realize how significant that is? Yeah. For the record, we're talking about little Sammy Hayden. Thank, yeah. 13 years old. Just set the scene a little bit, yeah. 13 years old. Big, curly afro. It's phenomenal. Kids adorable. Sideshow Sam. Absolutely. Adorable kid. You can tell that when he hits like 18, 19, he's he's going to be a problem with the girls. He's going to break hearts. You could already see it in some of these pictures. And by 18, that kid is beat dangerous he's gonna be dangerous he's got like he's in like the giraffe phase right now yeah we're like you can tell he knows what to do with his body but like he's and he growing so and he likes showing off too which is oh my neat. but his body's growing so fast right. he's yeah. got like those weird like steps yeah. and he's trying to figure uh-huh. out how to use his legs but uh and he's got great parents i love his, his mom yeah. and his dad but you got a 13 year old a 13 year old kid yeah. who's comfortable to come up to you and start talking jujitsu i know you're 44 years older than him yeah it's strange. Like your age difference is probably how old his dad is. No doubt. I, 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 but what does that say about you that you, you've you got this kid comfortable to come talk to you? I'll give you a weird thing. It's like I don't like kids calling me by my first name. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's always got to be Mr. Abramson. It's not Roy because I don't think they I – don't, I just don't like that. Right. Being, having a kid calling me by my first name. Right. So I could tell he's a little weirded out by calling me by my first name. And – I was shocked because I was thinking about when I was that age, would I have ever 
walked up to a fucking 57-year-old guy. Dude, I'm not going to a 57-year-old guy now. Exactly. Staying away from your old ass. I know. Especially when I see the Depends poking out from your pink Will shorts. You shut the fuck <laughs> You're really, really... But, <laughs> but I was shocked when he came up to me, and I, and I was proud of that, and I, I just... I think so much of the kid for doing that, you know? I, I really wanted to say to him after, as I, I said, Sammy, you're really going to be really good. Yeah. Stick with this. You're really going to be good at this. So that's that's the focus part. He knows what he wants to do. Yeah. He knows how to get there. And he's not going to shy away from going up to an adult. Right. Now, let's step off the jujitsu mats. Right. You don't think that's going to translate to his everyday life? Oh, no doubt. 100%. He's going to have, when he gets older and goes for job interviews mm-hmm. or you know meets a girl he's interested in, He's going to have a confidence that's going to set him apart from the rest of the field. Right. Walks into an interview. Oh, yeah. Shakes their hand, looks him in the eye. Here's why I'm the guy for the job. Mm-hmm. And he believes it. Oh, yeah. Because he's been talking to grown men since he was 13 years old. Yeah. Technically 12 because he just turned 13 a couple weeks ago. But and then you get into the other thing where it's like he's a kid, but he's our kid. Kind of. Yeah. That's our kid. Yeah. 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 We can pick on him. Nobody else yeah. better. Find out some like 15-year-old is talking shit to Sammy. I'm rolling up. <laughs> it's like, who's got a problem with Sammy Haig? Get out of here. And I'll hold your jacket because I oh. know a lawsuit is oh. coming. Oh, it's coming. I'll bring Baker with me. <laughs> exactly. I'll bring Rob. You know? I'll, you know, I'll just bring another 15-year-old that I got. Right. I was like, Thank who's, you. who's my biggest 15-year-old right now? That could be? I'll bring Juliana. There I'll bring the two-and-a-half-year-old to beat their ass. That's rude. That's rude. <laughs> Well, you know who's tough also? Noah. Speaking of the kids, man. Noah, and he got his green belt tonight. Yeah. Did you see? He's such a quiet kid. So and quiet. it's like, but I always kind of like when we're in the uh, in the changing room, I'll always say, Noah, what's going on? Like, I'll like over, like over, get him to like talk a little bit. He gets like startled. He's I like, know. hello. I know. <laughs> but then you get on the mat and he's not shy at no all. No way, he's just, man. He's always been very tenacious mm-hmm. and had like this like natural aggression that he would right. let go. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because DJ was saying it tonight because you know DJ used to help with the kids class used to right, coach the kids yeah. class and he's like man he's like he's like uh, Noah's getting good I was like he's tough he's like Noah's always yeah, been tough I was like yeah but now he's putting the jujitsu together yeah did you see who was the happiest person tonight when Noah got promoted I, actually, what, I got to what, see it because I've got the best seat in the house oh, was it Sammy or? Sammy yeah 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 Sammy was grinning from ear to ear right, and yeah. clapping he was like yeah, because yeah. that's his boy. Yeah. That's his boy. That's Noah the, is who he's paired up with every night. Like class the of thir- 28 or <laughs> whatever. Class of 28. They're these two like 13-year-olds in a corner yeah. that I yell at for everything that they do no matter what. No matter what, I'm going to yell at them. Yeah. But they keep showing up. They have a good time. And, they man, they push each other. Yeah. And they've got this bond. Yeah. They've got this bond. It's and it is that was always, That was fun for me to watch. And, you know, I told Noah, like, you know, he's got his green belt now. He's 14, which means he's going to be a green belt for two years because right. his next belt's a big one. I even look at, uh, you know, Dom's daughter. I mean, uh, Adriana, yeah. yeah, how she nons. She's the only one and, you know, the only girl in the class. And, and yeah. like, that's pressure right there. Pressure. You know? Yeah. It's amazing. Does. Yeah. And she does it. She does great. There's awesome. a picture. We had a uh, uh, Fox shots uh, from Instagram. If you get a chance, follow them. Guy takes great pictures. He's one of Holes Gracie's students, and uh, he's a photographer as well. And he came in and he took some pictures, phenomenal pictures, by the way. Right. I don't know if you've seen some of them. Yeah. 
uh, he's got this great picture. It's like a candid shot of Dom and Adriana sitting like, oh, I on did the logo. See that. It's a great and like pick. you know he's just got this like dad lean like yep. and she's like laughing and I look at that and I'm like that's a great moment to just yeah. have. That's a great moment to have. Yeah. And and you know we talk about roles changing and longevity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, my goals were to, you know, become a competitor and do this and do that. Then my, I started realizing I was better at coaching and my role kind of changed. And yeah, now as an instructor. Yeah. And, but you, you, it fits you like a glove. I mean, I, I you don't, know, it felt good. Like when I saw that picture, I was like, man, like, I'm glad. Like it made yeah. me happy that I was able to create that, create a space yeah. where that picture could yeah. exist. Well, that actually does tell us into the next uh, part of this whole thing, which is, I, I think, part of the success or part of the long career success is believing in the system, believing in your professor that he has your best interests at heart. And you know, that, that's something that uh, I think a lot of people, cause I think they come in thinking this whole thing is just more like a, you know, you're throwing yourself into a physical thing as opposed to it being a system and a, and a set of learning and, and, and techniques that you have to do. So, you know, I, I'd love you to talk about your role as far as being a professor, you know, and that's huge. So I, I tell people everyone. buy into it with you. Yeah, and I, I've told you this from the get-go. I think my role is, and Tom says this, and I completely agree with it. And I, and when I, when I told Tom I wanted to open up a school, after he was like, always telling me, you got to open up a school, right. you got to open yeah. up a school. I finally said, dude, I'm opening up a school. I'm doing it. He goes, I think that's great. But I got to ask you, why do you want to open up a school? Right, right. I really didn't even have to think about it. I was like, Tom, I was like, this sport gave me such a second chance at life Hmm. or a third chance at life. And it gave me so many incredible experiences from, you know, training with, you know, UFC fighters and BJJ legends and people that invented the sport and, you know, sharing a room with guys that I see on TV and, you know, taking people that I used to look up to that were my teammates and now becoming friends with them and having the competitions and the matches and the ups, the downs, learning so much about myself, having a rebirth and a repurposing as a human being, having all this happen because of one decision which was to start training jujitsu, hmm. which came off of the fact that one man made a decision to open up a school. I wanted to give that to people. I wanted to give people the opportunity to be able to experience all these different things, right. experience all these different emotions, have a, you know, a rejolting of their life. You know, the 40-year-old who had a surprise birthday party with no friends. That sounds like me. It sounds sound like you. It's a very sad story. <laughs> it was. It's sad. When you said that, like I almost like had to like fight back a tear. I was like, damn, Roy, that fucking sucks. It really did. Meanwhile, especially when I, it meanwhile, to me. <laughs> yeah, especially meanwhile, my surprise thirtieth, way too many friends. Couldn't even invite them all. <laughs> well, I will say this: my sixtieth will be different. God damn it! <laughs> That's not too far away. Not Next too Olympics. Far. Two Next Olympics. Or, two years away. I'll be there for sure. Thank you, my friend. I will be there, uh, but. I wanted to give that to people. So I feel like my duty as a professor and which is always so weird to say to me and as a head instructor and the owner of the school is you come in, right? What do you want? Why do you want to train jujitsu? What are you trying to accomplish here? Right. My job is to give you that. 
to the best of my ability. Right. If I can't, I'll be honest with you. Like, I can't do that. Has there been a case where you've said to somebody, I can't do this for you? Or like, like I'm trying to think of. Yes and no. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you two perfect examples. Okay. Same situation, different results. I was, we, we hadn't even opened up at the original Academy. Okay. Um, and this, this younger kid came in and he's like, Hey man, like, uh, I just want to ask you some questions about jujitsu. I was like, yeah, of course. Come on in, dude. And he was like, yeah, so I really want to get into MMA and I want to do this. I'm like, I don't think we're the school for you. And he's like, Oh, how come? I was like, we're, we're a jujitsu school. He's like, well, yeah, isn't jujitsu like, like a main part of MMA? I'm like, yeah, but. I'm gonna be honest. I really don't want to get into MMA just yet. Yeah. What people don't realize when you run an MMA school, the guys who fight MMA need a lot of attention. It's not just jujitsu. They need jujitsu. They need wrestling. They need striking. They need sparring partners. They need sparring rounds. They need nutrition. They need you got to book them the fights. You got to check their mm. weight cuts. It's a lot to give to one guy. Yeah. That's why when you have a successful MMA school. They've got their system for that. They know what they're doing. They have striking coaches and this and that. And they're running an MMA program. I didn't want to get into that right away. Mm. I, do I want to get into MMA? At some point, yeah, I would love to have an MMA team. I'm not in a rush to get there. You know, there might be one person who can get there a little bit sooner and certain steps have to be taken, but we can get there. So yeah. I told those guys, look, if you want to do MMA, you've got to give me at least... <clears throat> you know, three to four years of just jujitsu. Let's get you a blue belt, get you some tournaments, work your way yeah, up, and then yeah. we can start discussing. And he was like, oh. And I looked at him, I was like, can I ask you a question? I was like, we're a brand new school. Why did you come to us for MMA? And I'll never forget his answer. He was like, ah, you know, I'm going to be honest, you guys were like the closest school. <laughs> okay. And I was like, so you're making a essentially like a life decision. I was like, cause to become an MMA fighter, that's a life decision you're yeah, making. I don't think he really understood. I was like, based on proximity. Yeah. I was like, why aren't you going to like, you know, Nicotones? Why aren't you, you know, reaching out to Ricardo Almeida? Why aren't you reaching right. out to like a Kurt Pellegrino? Uh, you know, why aren't you going to Daniel Wilkie's, you know, a place that has MMA? Yeah. Alex Wilkie? Alex Wilkie, yeah. Alex Wilkie. Yeah. I don't know who Daniel Wilkie is. Alex Wilkie. That's his good-looking older brother. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, yeah, you, you know, you're close. And I was like, dude, if you're making a decision based on proximity, you don't want to fight MMA. You want to go into cage, cage and punch someone and look cool. Yeah. You want the walkout. Yeah. Like, you don't want to fight MMA. Fast forward three years. In the middle of the pandemic. I'm locking up after doing something, whatever I was doing here. Can't even remember. Here comes this kid with this curly hair, this like Montgomery jacket. He's like, hey, what's up, dude? I'm like, hey, what's going on, man? He goes, so uh, you own the jiu-jitsu school? I'm like, yeah, that's me. He goes, yeah, I like really want to get into MMA. I like wrestled in high school. I was like, I don't do MMA. You talking about Max? I'm talking about Max. Oh, Jesus. I was like, listen, you want to fight MMA? He's I like, was his dad. I'd say, do not do that. <laughs> he was like, well, his his uncles actually trained out in California at Dynamics. Oh, that's a they? solid MMA okay. school. Uh, they're actually the ones who told them. They're like, listen, you've got a Tom DeBlas affiliate in your town. Go there. Don't yeah. even go looking around anywhere else. So I was like, listen, kid, you want to fight MMA? You got to give me at least three to four years of just jujitsu before I even think about it. Yeah. Got to get you at least a blue belt, maybe a purple belt. I was like, we're not an MMA school. I was like, I don't even have heavy bags. And he's like, all right, that's cool. Yeah. I was like, what's cool? You're just, I was like, you're done? He goes, 
nah, I'll just do jujitsu. Whatever you say, bro. And I was like, all right. How great is Max for that? I was that, like, though? whatever you say, kid. How great is he for that, though? Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Like, I thought he was full of shit. I was like, this kid's going to be gone in like two He's months. Not, yeah. He didn't. Yeah. He's here all the time. He's embracing his role. He, I was talking with him tonight in the parking lot. I said to him, I go, dude, you, you ran a great class tonight. You know, he goes, I was really, really happy that the uh, you know, professor just threw it at me. And I said, it's an honor. You know, I made him teach one thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> but it was the 730 class. And here's the thing. Even though it was a smaller class tonight, because we're like at the tail end of summer, classes get smaller, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to lie, was it's kind of we're talking about like smaller classes. Our smaller classes are like 16 to 20 people. 19 people. Yeah. yeah. 19 people. That's a small class. Uh-huh. Because July was like 25, 26. Yeah, I remember that. We broke 30 a couple times. Uh, I was like, you know what, Max? You were my Uki yesterday. You saw it for both classes. You saw it today. I showed you with the kids. I was like, Go teach him the setup for side control. Yeah. The one that I do. Go teach them mine. And he just looked at me and he was like, just the setup? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, got it. And he did it. He's like, did I miss anything? I was like, <laughs> By nope. the way, that voice is really Keanu Reeves from... Uh... Yeah, Bill and Ted. <laughs> Bill and Ted. Totally. <laughs> Bill S. Preston Esquire. It wasn't until I got older that I realized his last name wasn't Esquire. Right, right. Like that's his dad's. His dad's a lawyer. Right, right, right. You know, when I was ten, I didn't realize. And I'm like, yo, this kid literally thinks his last name is Esquire. No, it just means that his dad's a, a fucking lawyer. And I'm Ted Theodore Logan. No, Ted, your name is Theodore Logan, not Ted. <laughs> Benny does that. What's your name? Benny Benicio Benitez. I'm like, not really, but you're five. <laughs> but what? Let me ask you this though: as a, when you're standing up there. And you realize you've created this school, you've created this environment, okay? You're really, really, you know, being called upon to guide someone's growth in this sport. Yes and no. Here's the thing. I don't think I created this environment. Okay. I didn't create this environment. I created the idea of this environment. Uh You guys created the environment. You always say that. You always say that. And I know that's a great humility and this and that but it's top down i see it like this if you give your kids a list of chores and people come over and they go wow you really keep a very clean house <laughs> right <laughs> yeah how can you take pride in, in it's like thank delegation. you I, I keep my house clean <laughs> gotcha i don't keep the house clean you guys keep the house clean i just told you what my expectations were and mm-hmm. what i wanted and we keep it going that way but it's give and take. I got to give you guys stuff too. You know, that's why I let people when someone's like, hey, can I do an 830 class? Yeah. Man. Absolutely. This is your school until, you know, you fuck it up. And I'm like, no, you're not doing right. that anymore. No right. more 830 class. Mm-hmm. You know, but we haven't had that yet. Everyone, yeah, it's true. Everyone really respects the space. And, uh, and it's not because they respect it because they respect me. Yeah, yeah, that's part of it. It's because I truly want you to understand this is yours. Yeah. Treat it like that. They're not cleaning up the the weights because it's my weights. No, it's because they want you want your gym area to be clean. Yep. Like you know who complains about the dirt in the locker rooms? Not me. Other students. When they clean up, they're like yeah. these fucking pigs. Who's doing this? Who's? And then I'll post it, and guys start policing. Yeah. Because it's your school. Take pride. This is your house. Right. Take pride in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just want to tail back to one other thing as far as a a hack, in terms of your your. BJJ progress. And I've always kind of looked at it this way that, you know, I want to learn one really cool thing every time I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's a pretty good attitude for a lot of people to have, you know, get that one technique that you learn in the night and implement it, play with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if yeah, you- but you got to understand like that really cool thing isn't going to be the, uh, the suicide doors on a Ferrari. Sometimes it's just going to be a little sensor on the side. No doubt. Off. Yeah. It's, it's, sometimes it's something small. Like for example, when I teach uh, for, so what I taught tonight, when I was at Leverage BJJ, shout out to Leverage BJJ in Ohio. Those are my homies. Uh, Rob Hillman, Todd Schaefer. Is Sean still there? Sean Gray? Sean Gray's still there. Yeah, I love that guy. They still got the crew over He's there. He's a Facebook friend of mine, actually. Is he? Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed when he, he, he caught me in something called a turtle. It, it's not being in turtle, but he calls it a turtle submission from side control. He was in my bottom side control, and he tapped me with this He does thing. this like, like, weird arm the bar. Frig was is it the that? arm bar that he does? I think so. And he actually made a video of it, which is kind of cool. So the first time I rolled with Sean Gray, he was a brown belt. And, you know, I try to watch how I, how I roll, especially yeah. when I'm visiting other places and sure, I don't know sure. people. And you know, we had a pretty tough roll. And the thing with the roll is sometimes, like, if you start off too slow and you try to pick up, it's almost like you're, it's like this weird race where, like, you can't catch up because that person's yeah going and now you're trying to pick up the intensity mid-round without being a dick where you're just slamming or some shit. <laughs> right. You outweigh him by close to 100 pounds, I suspect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He caught me. Did it. And we were done. I was like, good job. <laughs> so when they came to visit yeah, yeah. and we slapped oh, hands, I looked at him. I was like, you know I owe you, right? And he goes, oh. <laughs> he thought we were back in fucking Ohio. I, I, I had to put it on him. He's like, you didn't roll like that in Ohio. I was like, because yeah. I was at your house. Exactly. Not where I'm at my house. We play with my oh, toys the way so I want over funny. here. But I like, I like, he goes, like, he respects I, that though. I mean, I love that guy. Yeah. It's just funny. Like he, he'll still mess with me. He's like, man, you really waited for a whole like year. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm very petty. I will wait my time in the bushes to get it. Absolutely. Listen, I faced Nick Cagia mm-hmm. when I was a purple belt in the gi. And you know, I, I forget the tournament. It might've been a good fight. I don't remember, but it was in the gi and I lost to him two times in a row because it was like a round robin. We had to face each other twice okay. or best of three. Both times he beat me two to zero. He took me down and I just I couldn't sweep him. I couldn't do anything. I remember showing the video to like Tom and Haas and they're like, dude, you did everything. You did everything. You, know, you just got to work on this. I faced Nick Cage last May. Mm-hmm. I waited nine years. <laughs> I got I got my I got my win you back. Got it. I got it back. Good for you. Bro. I remember when I told Steph, I was like, I faced KJ. She goes, How'd that go? I was like, it went very well. She's like, <laughs> she's like, You've wanted that for like the last like decade. Yeah. I was like, Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> Nick Cage is a great guy. He's he's a he's a Jersey legend as far as uh jujitsu goes. Anyway, I, I've enjoyed this conversation. I have one uh you know, the the side thing. Give me your three best sports movies. Three best sports movies. In other words, you you just absolutely love these freaking movies. They're inspiring the whole thing. Don't say Rudy. No, it's not. I don't like Rudy. You didn't like Rudy either. I can't get into it. No. Especially once you start finding out that most of that story was bullshit. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. Like, yeah, they, that scene with the jerseys never happened. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Never happened. All Completely right. written. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number one, Field of Dreams. Oh, that's a great one. I, I forgot love that about movie. That, one. that movie was my entire business plan for opening up this school. All right. I'll if build you build it, it right. they will come. People would ask me, like, so what was your business plan when you opened the school? I was like, put down mats, <laughs> and people would show up. And they're like, <laughs> no, but seriously. So when you were sitting down, you were like, what was I was like, 
No, that was my plan. Field I'll just dreams. put down mats <laughs> and right. people will show up eventually. <laughs> I'll put a Tom the Blast logo to give myself some credibility. <laughs> right, right, right. And they'll come in. And that actually worked. Um, I never underestimate or downplay how important being part of, like how important being a Tom the Blast black belt is. Sure, sure. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It gives me, it gives my black belt a lot of weight. You got to understand that. You got, people got to understand that stuff. You got to understand like, what is important? Some people start forgetting and they think they did it all on their own. Like, nah, come on, dude. You got to say, like, I know what that TD logo does. Yeah. You know, that's and something give, I'm grateful for. Gives you gravitas. Yeah. Num- so that's number one, Field of Dreams. Number two, I'm very biased. I like the football movies. I love football movies. So I'm going to try to stay away from them uh, and try to pick something different. Oh, I mean, how can you? I'm going to give you one. Yeah. Rocky Four. <laughs> I didn't I, I like that one you know I, I must break Rocky you. 4 I mean I love that but Rocky 1 to me is, is the Rocky show. 1's a phenomenal movie that's an I obvious mean, answer I'm going Rocky 4 I just want to go just want to know that I went the distance with the Let me champ tell you something. I mean come on you know what's better than that one which one Rocky 4 Adrian's looking <laughs> down the stairs you can't, can't win can't do this it's suicide yeah. right maybe I can't win maybe all I can do is stand there and take everything he's got right but to beat me He's going to have to kill me. Yep. But to do that, he's going to have to stand in front of me. Mm-hmm. And to do that, he's got to be willing to die himself. Insert Ferrari. There's no easy <laughs> way. Best. Dude, <laughs> stop it. That movie makes my day. So I'm going to go Rocky Four. Love that okay. one. Right. Love that scene. Feel the probably... Dreams, Rocky IV. Uh, and then I'm going to I'm gonna pick a football movie. And I'm going to pick uh, my top three football movies are... Any given Sunday, not in particular order. Any given like Sunday, that. I can't buy into Al Pacino as a as a head coach. I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. Not a very winning coach. He'd be that coach who would have like one or two really good seasons, yeah. probably sneak in a Super Bowl. Very like John <laughs> Gruden esque, um, just like over the top character, yeah, Mike yeah. Ditka type shit. Yeah. Uh, but you know Lawrence Taylor is in that movie, and he plays Luther oh, Shark Levey. Okay. Uh, and it's Oliver Stone, so it's all over the top. But I like Any Given Sunday. Love the program. Uh-huh. Love Varsity Blues. Great movie. But of those That's three, I'm going to say the program. Okay. I could see that. I like that movie too. Really enjoy the program. Yeah. I think James Kahn kills it yeah. as a college football coach. Yep. Absolutely. Kills it. Uh, really like just, he has that feel. Like he looks like that guy. Yeah, he looks come like to, the guy. He's going to come to your house for dinner and convince <laughs> you that like he's going to join gonna, his program. Right? He's going to be your dad. Right. He's going to tell your parents, like, I'm going to take care of him like he's my own. And you buy it, and then you get to camp yeah. on the first day. And he's like, I don't even know your fucking name, kid. <laughs> he's like, you drop this football again, you're going to wish you were never born. You're like, oh, God, this guy's not my daddy, <laughs> Satan. <laughs> I'll, give you, one, three spe- spe- I'll give you one that I loved was Vision Quest. Oh, come on, man. man. You know what? You're going to reshuffle the deck now? I think we're going to have to knock Rocky Four out. Vision Quest is a good one. That That. last scene, man. Come on. Lunatic Fringe? Have any... I don't know anybody that's not walked away from that movie. Like, even women, you know, because it's such a guy-centric movie. It's got a romance story to it, though. It does. It does. (laughs) I love the scene where he's, like, he's, like, stalking shoot. As shoots oh, like he's like oh he's like God. doing the lunges up the uh, the bleachers with, the, with bleachers. the log, yeah, and like shoot doesn't even like zero emotion, yeah, just looks at him and goes, "You gonna make the weight?" Yeah, he's like, "I'll make the weight." He's just like, "All right," and gets back to business. Yeah, ladies, Mike, listen, kid. Do you remember the guy's name? The character's name? 
Load and Swain. Loud and Swain, absolutely. Loud and Swain, baby. <laughs> Loud and Swain. Lunatic yeah. Fringe. I, I, if anybody has not seen that movie, Vision you got to see it tonight. you got to see it. it. It's without if, a doubt. If, if you're only going to watch one part of that movie, yeah. go to the last scene. Oh, absolutely. The guy's speech in the, uh, in the hotel Dude, room. The speech in the hotel room. The Pele speech. Yeah. <laughs> and then cut to him. Yep. Shadow wrestling. Bam, <laughs> Bam, All bam. by himself. <laughs> yeah. Shooting by himself. Bam, bam. <laughs> Dude. Dan Henderson comes out to that song. Oh, does he really? That was Henderson's love entrance that. song. I love it, man. All right, Roy. So I think we kind of talked on it tonight. How do you stay in this? I think you touched on it. Know what you're doing it for. Know why you're doing yep. it. And not just why you're doing it because I want to get in shape. How it makes you feel. What you're experiencing when you're here. Mm-hmm. But now how do you do it? You got to take care of yourself mentally. Understand what you're doing, what you yep. can do, that the bad is not as bad as you think. The good is not as great as you think. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how the night went. You're supposed to have fun and enjoy yourself. Absolutely. Take care of yourself physically. Mm-hmm. Start recognizing limitations and understand that it's okay when your body says it's time to slow down. Yep. Because from on the journey from white to black and beyond, it's also years. Absolutely. It's also years. Great way to... You know, tie it all up in a beautiful package yeah, and uh, and go see the movie Vision Quest. Go see Vision Quest. Roy, I, I will be leaving in two days. Oh, I shouldn't I wanted to ask you about that. Oh, feel free. We got some time. Let's talk let's talk minutes. Costa Rica, baby. You've been doing it for years. I mean, this is I think everyone that, that does BJJ would have loved you know, would love to be a part of that crowd. It's a great crowd, and they can be a part of this crowd. So we're going to the Hero Academy in uh, Tamarindo, Costa Rica. They are an affiliate. They have a tremendous program. What they do is they are a nonprofit academy. So they host all these seminars, and the money goes towards – it's all charity. Wow. The money goes back into keeping the school open and supplying geese and rash guards and so they can keep it up so that the kids of Tamarindo can train for free. And I actually, I actually gave that speech to the kids class tonight. I was like, wow. I was like, all we're asking you guys to listen is because they, they had very like poor focus tonight. Right. right. They're kids. But I was like, all we're asking you guys to do is listen. Mm. It's all you have to do in an air conditioned Academy with Academy rash guards and shorts and geese that your parents can pay for, for tuition that your parents can afford. Right. I was like, all you have to do is listen. I'm going to a seminar where Tom's going to teach to keep a school open right. to keep kids off the street sure, from selling drugs, from waking up dead on the beach because they have nothing. They're poor and all they want to do is train because it makes them happy and they do whatever they can to keep training because it makes them happy. They can't mm-hmm. wait to go and train and they do it for free and they're grateful for it. Beautiful thing. Absolutely. They don't have the tablets. They don't have the iPhones. They don't, they don't have that. Yeah. They have free jujitsu that... Uh, Are they hungry? I mean, do you sense that like the, they really want to get after it or like... Of course uh, they do. Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. Okay. And I think that's one thing. And it's not just here in Montgomery. I think it's it's all over in this country. We, we take for granted the things that we truly have. Oh, sure. And we don't realize how... Living in the greatest country on the planet and sometimes you lose sight of you know what the rest of the world is going through. Listen... There are so many things that we can complain about in our life. Mm-hmm. Take a second step back and look at all the things that you do have. Big time. But be grateful for them. Yeah. Because they might not be here tomorrow. I tell you, man. But yeah, we're going to be there chilling, chilling in the sunset, training in, in a 
under the hot tin roof. And, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's a lot of, you meet a lot of good people. People come from all over the world. I love it. A lot of the affiliate schools are going to be there. That's awesome. Uh, I, I believe Hayden is going to be there from, uh, flow BJJ in Maine. Uh, my man, Roy boss Jones is going to be there from boss grappling down in South Carolina. Roy Boss Jones, South Carolina. Uh, super excited to get to get some rounds in with him. Uh, Luke Moeller from Mooresville, Mooresville BJJ down in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. One of our my original teammates from Ocean County. Uh, you know, of course, uh, uh, I forget who the black belt is that running it. Uh, Tom DeBlast. <laughs> Tom DeBlast is going to be there. Uh, I'm taking Steph. Steph's coming with me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's her first time coming. Does she like? Has she been down before? No, never been. Oh, this is the first time. No, it's her first time coming. So, what is she like? Give me her day. What's it? What's it going to uh, be? Her day is going to consist of waking up whenever the fuck she wants. Exactly. Going to the pool and ordering drinks on the tab that I set up because I'm going to tell the bartender it. whatever she wants. Just hook it up. I got you, bro. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's her day. And then she's going to get to see how much you know vacation, quote unquote. I actually get when I go uh-huh. on these trips. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of training. It's sure. a lot of. Meet and greets, shaking hands, kiss. I love it because like I thrive in those situations. Yeah. Uh, you know, like like Tom, like bro, you gotta talk to these people. I can't, I can't. <laughs> come, on, come on, tell a story, do something. I'm like, I got you, bro. What story you want me to tell? He goes, nothing that involves me. I'm like, all right, let's get it going. <laughs> and I just, you know, I just, you know, I'm like the, uh, I'm like the court jester. I'm like, who wants to hear some jokes? <laughs> and then they expect for me to roll around the way I tell right. jokes, and they're like, why you don't roll the way you talk? I'm like, no, yeah, I'm exactly. To, I'm like, no, I'm you fucking. suddenly like, there's Joe Pesci. You think I'm a clown? Yeah, I can't exactly. Well, it's funny. I was talking. Uh, well, last time we were in Costa Rica, I was talking to one of Tom's uh, blue belts. This kid, Keith, great kid. And like we start talking about training, he mm-hmm. goes, "Bro, he goes like you really get after it sometimes." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm like you think I got my fucking black belt because <laughs> exactly. I tell yuck yucks all day." Like that's like Tom's like he's funny, give him a black belt. No, like I got my black belt for other <laughs> shit. It just so happens <laughs> yeah. that I got some jokes and I make people laugh, but that's just the extra stuff. Oh man, but, that's funny shit. Yeah, you know, but that's it. So I'm super excited. I love going. They've got a great, great, great thing going down there, that's and beautiful. the guys are awesome. So I uh, can't wait to go. Nice little quick trip. I'll be back on Sunday. And back in the academy Monday night. Beautiful. Getting after it. Love it. Love so, it, love it, love it. Roy, Absolutely. always a pleasure. Let's get the hell out of here. And hope you guys enjoy the show. Keep on listening. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out. Guys, shout out these guys. Going to be rocking their stuff this weekend. Top Mount Apparel. I had a fight to win match. Top Mount told me they liked the match. I was like, ah, I kind of like your shirts. And they've been hooking me up with stuff ever since. Yeah, you got a nice hat. Nice hats, yeah. nice sleeveless uh, hoodies. They're constantly sending me stuff, sending stuff for the kids too. And they're just all around great guys. Uh, Al from Top Mount is just a phenomenal guy. I talk to him all the time. And, you know, I'm just grateful for a lot of stuff they do. So Top Mount Apparel, thank you guys. All right, guys. Roy, always yeah. a pleasure. Same time next Absolutely week. Absolutely a pleasure. Thanks for tapping in. And don't forget to keep listening.